Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Ready, Set podcast. My name is Ricky. I'm Derek. And today we have two very, very special guests with us. We have Aaron. Thank you for joining us again. Hey, guys. You remember him from our previous podcasts? And then we have another special guest, Shani. Hello. Thanks oh, for having Shani. me. And Shani is a uh, Instagram elite foodie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so some of you might know her as Appetite Always, which is her foodie handle. Um, so, like, on the, on this podcast, we often talk about, you know, things um, that we usually do in our day-to-day lives. And um, for me, I'm also a smallish foodie. You call me a very casual foodie, but Shani's sort of like the real deal. <laughs> so, I try. I try to engage, yeah. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, what kind of got you interested in sort of you know mm-hmm. first starting off as like a food related instagram yeah um, definitely i think um so i started my account back in 2019 so it's been mm-hmm. like maybe three plus years now yes yeah, 2023 right mm-hmm. so started in 2019 of may and to be honest one of the main reasons i did is because i've always loved posting about food like when i go out to eat and like dine at restaurants i'm always posting and i did that on my personal account um, so my friends were like oh you post a lot of food why don't you start your own like food account so that we can actually see a an account that has like you know a compilation of all your food content so then Pretty much my friends inspired me to create my account, I think. So they really encouraged me. And then I finally did it, um, came up with a handle and then made my first post. And, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, so how often a week do you uh, post food related stuff on your uh, food account? I try to post like on stories. I try to post daily, like whatever I'm doing. If I'm going out for like lunch or dinner, like I'll just post a quick story in feed. I've been kind of bad with it lately. So I'm trying to like get back, but I try to at least like maybe once every other day, I think is really good consistency. Cause I think one of the key things to being a good content creator is consistency. Um, if you're trying to like really build your following and stuff. So I I really try to push myself to post more frequently. I've been kind of bad last year, but trying Mm. to get back into it. Yeah. So every other day I'd say. Oh, you're you're a lot more consistent than I am for sure. <laughs> if you look at my account, I was I haven't posted in the last couple of months just because you know sometimes when you you ever have that mm-hmm. sort of um, feeling where you you have like a lot of pictures with backlog backlog, yes. but you are like oh I have to go through and I have to edit them, totally. and then after it's like I have to think about like what what I did in this restaurant and then yeah. like post about it. To like make it sound sincere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're like, oh, what's this dish's name again? And you have to like go on the website and you're like, all right, let's take a look and see. Damn. Aaron, you're very consistent with posting food and stuff too. Uh, kind of. <laughs> I think for me, it's more like I'm trying to like show this healthy lifestyle of, you know, working out, staying active and, you know, just posting fun stuff and going on food adventures. For me, it's like most of my friendships are like food related. So if you follow me, then you'll always see like, gym stuff and a whole bunch of food and some degen like nighttime <laughs> stuff like singing. 3 a.m singing, just yeah. the hours when people sleep you know yeah uh, so one of the questions i have was when you first started out as a foodie were you more kind of kind of like learning by yourself or were you sort of like connecting with other foodies and sort of asking them questions as to you know how to grow your how to grow mm-hmm. the people's following or to engage more with like your audience? Yeah, really good question. I think like actually in the beginning, I wasn't really looking to make my food account like 
into a business kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't really looking to like monetize off of my food account. Like it really was a hobby. And like I said, a lot of my friends motivated me to like start this account because they enjoyed my food content, but it's just, I posted too much of my personal. So they're like, Hey, you should have your own account. (laughs) Yeah. So it was very much like hobby and interest based. So I didn't really have that mentality of like growing my account to a certain level. But I found that throughout, like just creating my account and posting more frequently and connecting with like other foodies in, I guess you could say the industry or like the foodie scene, you slowly start to build that mentality. Mm -hmm. And like, I, at one point I did think about like, Oh, I really want to like grow my account. Like once you got like a hundred followers, it was like kind of a rush. And now I want 200, 300. It's kind of like an addiction. Exactly. (laughs) I hit my first thousand, like before the end of the year, that was like way past my goal, as you could say, and that like really motivated me. So then I started getting more into it. So I'd say in the beginning, didn't really have like a strategy. It really was just to share my passion for food and like share all my food content. And then later on through connecting with other people, like you slowly start to learn about these like tips and tricks to engage, I would say, um, and like build your following and also like meet like-minded people in the food scene. Yeah. Some people are really obsessed with numbers, right? Like yes. we're trying to grow their following like crazy. So yeah. was it, a, I guess for you, it was sort of like a hobby mm-hmm. where when you first started your account, you only had like, let's say 10 followers and they're all like your close friends. Um, so then how often do you, or sorry, I wanted to ask, uh, do you have any friends before going into content creating like that were big, well-known foodies? Actually, no. Whoa. Yeah, nobody really had an account. So I would say I'm out of my immediate friend group, probably the first one to have started something like a dedicated account where I started to build up my following. So yeah, to answer your question, like I didn't really have any other content creator friends or like foodie friends. And I made all my other foodie friends through just random strangers on the internet. Wow. Yeah. Like... Aaron. <laughs> we met as foodie friends. We're like pandemic buddies. Oh, pandemic buddies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So all my friends that I made, yeah, they weren't like prior connections or people I went to school with. They were like completely random. But now we're like a lot of them are some of my closest friends. So I think that's also kind of the beauty of like content creation and being in kind of a, a food scene or whatever niche you're in. You get to meet a lot of like cool people. Yeah, and connect. Actually, yeah, we met through food stuff too, I feel. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, although actually, we never really met each other in person. Yeah. <laughs> in person, true, per true, se. True. Today's the day. Today is yeah, the day. It's hard to sometimes meet with different foodies, I find. Um, mm-hmm. Like, unless you're going to one of those uh, media sites. Yeah, media sites. Yeah, sponsored events or like the restaurant. Sometimes restaurants don't even, there isn't even an organized body. It'll be mm-hmm. like, they'll just, yeah, they'll just do yeah. private tastings. They'll send out private DMs to all the foodies and like, oh, if you want to come, it's please come at this time. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Have you ever gone to those, Erin? I have here and there, but I normally just like plus one myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so then for you guys uh, that are a little bit more into the foodie uh, network, uh, how often do you get these sponsored tasting events? Like maybe once a week or a few times a month? I think pretty often. I would say um, again, it depends on how like frequently you post as well. So I would say when I was like at the peak of my posting and consistent with my food account, like I'd get many like uh, media tasting invites. But then for example, last year, like 2022, I actually took a bit of time off and like I traveled a lot. So I literally like didn't post in feed for a long time and my account was pretty quiet. Like, yeah. So you treat it kind of like, it almost is kind of like a business, right? So the more you like put into your food account, the more you show that you're like actively posting, the more restaurants and brands and businesses will see that and want to work with you. Oh. Yeah. But I would say the more established foodies, like they're probably, they could go to tastings every single day. Cause that's oh, just yeah, how they're just constantly turning people down. 
yeah, they either turn people down or I know a lot of foodies actually schedule like multiple tastings per day. So they're like back That's to back insane. and that is very tiring. <laughs> yeah. But they love to do it. My so. body could not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd be growing front and sideways <laughs> all around. I'd just be a globe, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, I see Aaron. <laughs> right there. I'm the Michelin man now. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you, instead of, it's the Aaron guide stars, you know? You said the Michelin guy, you, it's, it's like, you, here's a sticker. One <laughs> sticker, two sticker. <laughs> Good idea. Do that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. This, for those ones, I find like, I always question like how much time free time do they have because I, I do know like some of the more OG foodies yeah. they've made them an actual living of yes. it right it's their Whoa. career oh they're I guess they manage other uh, restaurants social medias is that what it is yeah I think they some of them as well. some of them do they don't really like say it but like some of them do uh, manage them behind the scenes like the new ones coming up right mm. so like there's also sponsorships so if you want to work with a particular brand or product mm -hmm. then um, they'll create like posts and reels about it uh, so it won't necessarily be a restaurant, but it could be like a certain like product, like um, yeah. like snacks or so, a yeah. certain snack brand or something oh. like that. Mm -hmm. And so the a lot of the times when like those ones, usually they'll have like a blog post with along with their Instagram, at least for the OG mm -hmm. ones, I find. Yeah, um, I find a lot of people blog as well. I mean, that's obviously very time consuming. But the one thing about it is I feel like monetization opportunities are better because you can... Um, make money off of ads on your blog versus like mm -hmm. on Instagram, you're kind of just solely content creating, like whatever you put out, that's for the, the restaurant or brand. But on the blog, you can actually advertise for like uh, brands or industries that are not like food related too. So that drives traffic. Yeah. I think it's just like mostly like if you have a lot of platforms and like what your engagement numbers are really. Right. So that's kind of how you present yourself to these brands. Um, but yeah, I don't know to me, like right now, I think the trend that I saw from like the OG time to now, it's more like it went from pictures and mm -hmm. cool noodle twirls and all that other stuff and like flat lays to the whole like videos and then yeah. reels and now it's like TikTok. So for me personally, when I like watching like the food content on TikTok, it's I love listening to the voiceovers and like watching the video. I could care less about a photo. Like right. sure, it's nice to look at, but like to see all the steam from the dumplings and things, like just like you're just, sure, like that's what engages me, you know. With like I'll tons watch of thing, um, like, ten times, if I have to. With, especially with like tons of clips and edits, and and it's just like really fast yeah. transitions, right? Exactly, oh. fast transitions. Yeah, that is the trend nowadays. Like especially with like the boom of TikTok, a lot of people are enjoying um, video content a lot more. Right. But I do find that like just the other day, I did a poll on this, like on my account. And I asked people like how they like to receive content, video versus like photo. Photo isn't dead though. Like a lot of people still <laughs> like to view nicely edited photos and yeah. actually see the the image like still for more than a couple seconds, right? Because mm -hmm. videos sometimes are really fast. Yeah. So there's like pros and cons with both. But yeah. even on TikTok, like there's this trend now where they're posting, people are posting like a carousel of photos. So it's kind of like bringing back photos right. on TikTok. It's like the platforms are trying to compete with each other, you oh, know? Yeah. It's like an IG story slide, but a post. Yeah, oh, like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. carousel yeah. slide that you can slide with audio. Yeah, yeah so that's pretty that Trending music to get it there. I like, Cause I'm like, I'm sure a lot of people have had that, that moment where you go through like a short or like um, 
are real. And you're like, wait, I want to go back and see that. And then you have to like pause the video and try to use the slider oh, to like exactly. go, go into that point. And you're like, oh, okay, I see what that is. Yeah. And then you yeah. play the whole Sometimes thing. there's like no slider. So you have to watch the whole thing. Oh yeah, thing. Like, so annoying. Again, mm-hmm. I hate those videos. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think for me, the way I post is like, I'll put like nice photos. And at the end, I'll put like one video or something. Oh, like that. oh that's a good way yeah. to do it too. Just so that like they can see like, okay, I'm interested in this kind of food. And then they'll go yeah. to the end and see how it. But I feel like that's still like that type of post still counts as like a photo carousel post. So when it comes to like the algorithm, they may not push that content as much. So it depends on what your goals are, right? Because now like everyone's saying that like in order to grow on Instagram, got to push reels and got to like post video. But if you don't really care about growing, like just post whatever content you want. For me, it's all casual. It's really like the same kind of like story like you where my coworkers at work, I didn't even know they were foodies. They're like, Aaron, you know, I follow your content, but I'm just really annoying when I go through your feed and like, I love and support your gym and active stuff. But um, when I really want to go eat, it's kind of hard to like scroll through and find the place to eat. You just make an account. I was right. like, you know, I'm making an account just for you. Oh. People. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess I will. Hmm. Yeah. So, so then for you, uh, Aaron, did you ever have to check your analytics like a lot? Or, Not really. I don't I don't really pay attention to the numbers. Oh, okay. To me, it's like like I guess you could call me like a micro influencer, but like I don't even post that much because I feel like I'm the type of person where if I love a place, I'll just keep going there. But right. I feel like I wouldn't post that place because I'm just like I don't want to like keep it a secret same thing, right? Oh. But also, yeah, like I don't gatekeep a lot of places, but there's like a handful where I'm like I want it to be popular and doing well, but not too popular where you I can't have even to go in. Up, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, True. so, yeah. so Shani, at your peak, um, when was that? Like 2021 or 2022? Probably, yeah. Like 2021 was pretty good, I would say. And then did you ever uh, focus a lot on growth, like your analytics and, and, and um, your interaction engagement? Yes, I focused a lot. Like up until recently, I feel like, like I said, last year, I took it pretty chill. I was traveling. I didn't really focus much on content creation and food account. But prior to that, engaging is like also responding to like every comment on your post. Um, engaging is uh, commenting on other people's posts. At and all times. At all times, responding to stories. Like it gets pretty tiring. Whoa. So yeah, like engagement. But that is key because you're putting yourself out there. You're replying to comments. People see that. They're like, oh, wow, this content creator, like they're so, you know, they reply to me and stuff and they would want to like come back to your content more and more. So that's part of the strategy too. Was that stressful? Sometimes I think it's like you feel pressured, like if so many DMs, like if people are DMing me and I sometimes feel guilty for like not responding or like missing a message, but like I'm actually the type of person, like I like engaging with my audience, like genuinely, Mm -hmm. like I will talk to random people on my DMs about anything, food, any topic they want. Um, But yeah, sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. I will say one helpful tip that I would give you is that just do it on the on web. Oh, really? I literally will go on my Instagram on one screen and I'll just like reply to DMs oh. on typing. Because I don't know. Yeah, it's my a lot hands, better, right? I'm just like, it's too much work. I'm doing WhatsApp. I'm doing yeah. all the different like <laughs> platforms. I just, it's just too much. Yeah. She's so apologetic sometimes. Like she missed my, my, my reply for like a couple of days. So she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm used to it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like, don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> When foodies go to these media tastings, do you think it's kind of a little overrated um, if you aren't getting, if like, you know, for the big ones, sometimes they'll turn it down because they think it's not worth going to a restaurant or uh, for those types of things. Yeah. Um, unless they're the ones that they want to 
potentially take that restaurant on as a client, like run their Instagram page. Um, but like, do you think it's worth it for them to kind of go to these media tastings um, just all over? Or do you usually like, do you think they just kind of pick and choose kind of mm-hmm. which ones they want to go to? Mm-hmm. I think actually a lot of foodies will go to majority of the tastings that they're invited to. I've noticed because yeah, like they're posting so many places that I I know for a fact have sent out invites and some of them, like for myself, I'm just speaking for myself. Like I've been invited to some of them too, but I chose not to go because they're either too out of the way for me or they just don't fit within my schedule. But I know a lot of foodies actually like go out of their way to try to make these tastings because again, they're very into the food scene they want any opportunity they can get to showcase a restaurant, to have content, to post, Mm -hmm. to always have that like backlog and like, yeah. Yeah. Content is content, whether it's, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have a good experience or not a good experience, I think you should always still go to the tasting because you never know. Right. Even if it's a small mom and pop shop or Um, a franchise, right. You never know. That's fair. But yeah, again, like, For myself, though, like I sometimes pick and choose because I don't do food creation, like food content creation full time. Like I still have a day job. And sometimes it's like time is valuable. Like I value my time. Like I said earlier, if a place is really far and it's not to bash on the restaurant, if they're just giving me like um, a handheld sandwich or something in return for a post and I have to trek an hour and a half away, it's not a paid kind of interaction, then Mm -hmm. I personally, it's nothing on them. Like, I just don't think it's worth my time. So I respectfully will decline and that's okay. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on like that piece of content. Right. I have other things. I have restaurants that I go to on my own dime that I can post about. So, um, I kind of pick and choose, but I feel like some people, um, maybe less so like I've seen a lot of people do like any type of tasting, But I think just personally speaking, I'm a little bit more selective. Mm. I was less selective when I first started out my food account because, yeah, I'm trying to get into the scene. I'm trying to get any content I can. It's It's exciting. I'm like, woo, I'm getting invited. I'm getting free food. (laughs) But now I think as you're like, as you grow and it's not to like sound snobby or anything, but you are more selective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then are there any tastings uh, that you've been a part of and the food was just totally not hitting the spot. <laughs> it was like, I wouldn't say trash, but like you could probably get a better meal at McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. And you're kind of obligated to write something about them. And then you're like, oh, should I write something nice or bad? Or So, so what was that like? I have been in those situations. Luckily, majority of like those situations, I've been a plus one and I've not been obligated to post. Like I was just as the porting role. But there are some that were like my own tastings that I've had subpar experiences. And I think if it was really, really bad, I would actually just speak to the restaurant first and just be like, you know, DM them. There's always a coordinator and just say like, hey, like I actually had a pretty like subpar experience, this and that, provide feedback and say that I'm only comfortable with saying these things. Is that okay? Like, I think that's one way to approach it. Still respectful or other times. I mean, luckily I've actually not have, have had super bad experiences, but if it was like just average, I would only highlight like the positives. Mm. Yeah. Like I would still post about the place, but I wouldn't lie and be like, oh my gosh, this whole experience was so amazing. (laughs) I'd probably just be like, I really enjoyed this dish and this dish. And I like the environment. Um, or like, I, I wish like this aspect would improve, but knowing they're a new restaurant, I'm sure it'll come with time. Like I'll say that. Yeah. I think like there's like a mixture of like restaurants that reach out to you could be like franchise. So you kind of know it should be at a certain level and some should be like a new one that's breaking ground. Uh Um, even like, like maybe it's like a coveted chef that started one, but it's 
you're not sure, right? But like, I think when you post and you say like, oh, you know, it's your soft opening and this is my experience from the soft opening. And then like you said, you know, they'll get better over time. And, you know, these are kind of the things I noticed. And like, yeah. I think it's easier to kind of like talk about it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen any like experiences like that. And that's why I love being plus one because, you, don't you know, feel obligated. I don't feel obligated. I'm yeah. just like, I'm here to support a friend, you know, and, you know, and get free food. some good food. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like one telltale actually is if in the post, like they don't really mention any of the food and they focus on like, I love the environment or like the service is great. Then you kind of know. You have a tell. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a hint. Yeah. And then I noticed a lot of the foodies now, they also put that um, specifically, I guess also for like, uh, to be transparent, it's Mm -hmm. like, and the big blaring in the post of like media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then they're like, yes, I was invited here. So it's like, if you, I find like, if you really wanted what their true thoughts were, it's always better to like DM, DM them, that right? Yeah. That's true. One on one. So it's like, hey, it's like, so was this place actually really good? I was like, and it's like, if it was, what do you recommend? <laughs> no, but I think yeah. the reason they put the media thing is not for that, but like, it's just to show that I think as a brand that you're getting like, you know, media attention sponsored posts versus you doing like your own kind of thing right mm-hmm. i think as your brand it's like oh wow look at this new person they had like you know you get invite 10 out of 20 of their posts and they just started our media invite so we should probably collaborate with them mm-hmm. so i think that it's like kind of a tell of like oh wow this person's mm-hmm. doing well you should try and engage yeah i think that's especially if you're like starting out as a new foodie like you want to have these opportunities because mm-hmm. it does signal to brands that you're like um in demand right yeah Yeah, but i think there's also like you have to have a good balance of posting over posting only media versus posting your own stuff because i know some foodies you know they're really big and popular and they're great and they have amazing content amazing photos but i find sometimes their whole feed is only media and to me that's like they don't sprinkle in any of their own like any of their own dining experiences is just a little like too one-sided in my opinion like, I try not to only post media. Like, I actually love to post my own, like, dining experiences because mm-hmm. I think that's the most authentic and it's spots that I proactively wanted Want to try, to right? Yeah. Versus I was invited and forced to post about, or not forced, but, you know, like, more persuaded to post about. So I think having a balance is good, but I also understand, like, these foodies are probably getting, like, so many invites that that's kind of the only content they have. Like, they don't really have time oh, to no. even, like, go dine on their own. <laughs> And even if they do, they're probably not prioritizing posting those because they have obligations to post the media tasting. Right. So yeah. I understand. It's different when it's your full-time versus just a hobby. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Or a side thing, you know? So. Side hustle? Exactly. Side hustle. <laughs> side hustles. Yeah. <laughs> One other question is, what are some of your biggest pet peeves uh, when it comes to some, like media tastings? Yeah. I guess maybe like pet peeves for media tastings if like, the organizer is disorganized. Uh-huh. Like there have been some cases where there's just kind of poor communication, like don't really know what to expect or maybe like upon arrival, the experience is different from what they initially communicated. Like if they said like, oh, you can order anything and like we just ask for a post. But if you when you get there, maybe management is communicating that you only get these dishes. So mm-hmm. just the discrepancy like that, I would say is not like a pet peeve, but just something that I find a little bit not as professional um, and definitely not like as great of an experience. And I've had those for the most part, tastings have been pretty good, but there are some that are a little more disorganized. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That was really helpful. I learned a lot. Um, 
And uh, we hope you listeners have learned a lot as well about this uh, topic. Uh, be sure to follow our very good friends, Aaron and Shani. Uh, your, so your Instagrams are... I'll post in the description Yeah, we'll post it in the description box. <laughs> and uh, be sure to follow us. Like and subscribe. TikTok. Yeah. YouTube. Instagram. Instagram. We're all on our socials. It'll be linked in the link tree when we update it. So remember to check that out and we will see you in the next podcast. Awesome. Thank you. 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 Bye. Bye.